For my ally is the Force, and a powerful ally it is. Life creates it, makes it grow. Its energy surrounds us and binds us. Luminous beings shall be not this crude matter. You must feel the force around you. Here, between you, me, the tree, the rock, everywhere. Jedi, like my father before me. You don't know the power of the dark side. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. Welcome to episode 242 of Blue Harvest. I'm your host, Hals Burkhart. And I'm your host, Will Witten. Aw, shit, he's back. How was your trip, buddy? It was great. It was absolutely great. Got a got a taste of the Big Apple. Man, that's cool. That's really cool, buddy. Um, well, we missed you last week. Glad you had a good trip and whatnot. You were extolling the virtues of New York pizza to me before we started recording. I had a couple different slices from a couple different places. They yep. were all great. One mm-hmm. of them was Ray's on Times Square. And there are several Ray's, and they all claim to be the original. But who knows? So what's um did you have any other culinary delights in New York? I ate at a restaurant called STK. It was probably the most expensive steak I've ever eaten in my life, but the best steak I've ever eaten in my life. Oh really? Uh, I had brunch. Awesome. I had uh, the smoked salmon toast with poached eggs on it. Great. Uh, I ate at the bagel shop. I had lox bread on my bagel. It was great. You know, just the, the New York yeah. stuff. Yeah. I ate street vendor. Food. I had a gyro from the oh, street man. vendor. and uh, You know how much I like a goddamn street vendor. Oh, man. It was delicious. Probably one of the tastiest meals I had. Man, I don't know what it is about. And a falafel on rice. Food being served from a truck or a stand always catches my attention. Mm. You know one of my favorite places in Birmingham is the fucking taco truck. I know. Dos Moros Locos? Uh, is that taco, the right one? Taco Moro Loco. Taco Moro Loco. There yeah. we go. They started off as a truck. Then now they have a truck and a restaurant. Maybe two restaurants. Wow. Yeah. I still think it's best from the truck. I don't know. Maybe it's something in my brain, but something like every time I'm like, oh, this is better than the last time I had it. And the last time something I had it about was the, the flavor of that griddle. Yeah. It's pro- in probably. that truck specifically. Um, so we, uh, we have a couple interesting things to talk about this week. Not nearly as jam packed of a news week as last week. Right. Uh, last week was one of the biggest news weeks I can remember. And it wasn't like, necessarily any one huge 
mind-blowing thing. It was just so many different things. Bam, 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 bam. Uh, but we got some cool stuff to talk about this week, including getting Will's thoughts on the return of the Clone Wars and episode two of the new and season. Boy, am I ready to share them. Yeah, because you were doing a little uh, Clone Wars catching up before it came back. I was, yeah, on the Disney Plus app. There's this thing that's like, you know, a, the essential Clone Wars. You know, and it, it kind of skips through, but it hits the major story arcs. Cool. I don't know if you've seen that on the Disney Plus I haven't. Thing, but... Uh, it's really good. It, you know, it does the whole Ahsoka trial and mm-hmm. the the uh, Sifo-Dyas arc. And, it, I mean, it starts in the the first season with the crucial stuff, but it, you know, it gives you, I don't know, it's like the, you know, that Dragon Ball Z condensed yes. show. It's a, It feels, the playlist feels a lot like that. You get the condensed version of what went on. And I, I basically needed a refresher before I started season seven. And it sounds like that's, that's perfect for that. I didn't even know they did that. That's a really good idea. It is. Um, it was really handy. To give everybody a nice catch up. And did it feature like the Mandalorian stuff and the Darksaber? Yep. So yep. Yep. not only did you get caught up in time for uh, Season 7 of the Clone Wars, I'm sure it also, if you weren't aware of the Mandalorian stuff, would be good if you needed like a absolutely crash course after seeing the first season of the man refreshed my mind of what happened with darth maul and savage oppress and <laughs> worst name yeah right and uh bo katan and like because i couldn't really remember who bo katan was but now that i've watched it i was like ah i get it she's like the surviving legit member of death watch she is Satine's sister right like yeah right and then at the end of rebels She's given the Darksaber. Sabine gives her the Darksaber. And that's the last we see of the Darksaber until the end Moff of season. Gideon. Right. So <laughs> something happened with Bo- Bo-Katan and that uh, Darksaber. There's some answers to be to be had there. Um, so before we jump into the hardcore discussion of what's gone on since uh, last week. Uh, remember that you can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash blueharvestpodcast. You can email us at blueharvestpodcast at gmail.com. It's where you send any voice messages or emails that you want us to address. Or maybe you just want to send us a kick-ass Kia D meme. Thank you, Coda Moore. Mo- Mo- Thank you, Coda. Um, <laughs> sorry, Coda. <laughs> um, like us on or follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Blue Harvest Pod. Check out our new YouTube page or channel. It's not a page, it's a channel. Um, Which my boy Hawes has been producing some of the freshest content this side of the internet. So, yeah, uh, Rick emailed in about that last week. I uh, For anybody that's been like checking out on Twitter and Instagram, because that's where I post most of the stupid where I'm trying to be funny Star Wars videos. Um, I'm just trying to get a whole bunch of them together to post. I don't want to keep posting little 30 second, 45 second video memes on YouTube. I want to try to put a compilation together. So Mm -hmm. eventually they'll all be strung together. And I'll say that a couple that I created this week have not hit public consumption. I had to workshop them and run and buy a couple of people. I don't know Mm -hmm. about a couple of them. Um, uh, so yeah, check out our YouTube, and uh, I'm gonna try and film some actual stuff this week, if I have the time. It's been crazy with work and 
podcasting and trying to do some Patreon stuff. So um, I haven't really had a chance to sit down and do much filming for YouTube, but I'm going to try to get to it this week. Uh, and if you like our podcast and you would like to support our podcast, why don't you check out our Patreon? We post all kinds of bonus shows over there, Cooking with Will, Star Wars Year by Podcast with our buddy Steel, Masters of Harvest Cossie with King Tom, Podgilla Rosso with Emily Lind, Steve versus the prequels. Steve and I have got some ideas percolating for some new Patreon content featuring the man himself, Steve Cobra. Mm-hmm. Spaced out with the barbarian, if Jeremy ever hits our fucking specially made space barbarian trap that I have set up in my backyard. Still hadn't hit it. No, no, he's been a busy guy. Probably need a couple, put a couple of fucking... You need a fresh cold snack. Yeah, I should probably switch out the cold snack and put in some fresh fucking sick doomy riffs in there. Mm-hmm. Those could probably re- be recycled. Maybe I didn't put the right ones in there. Maybe uh, like a banjo slide or oh, two. Oh, oh, ooh. Ooh. Um, anyways, all kinds of amazing fun. Uh, bonus podcasts are posted over at our Patreon at patreon.com slash blueharvestpodcast. And that's the business. Business was adequate this week. It was good. It was business-like, which is what you needed to be. For so long, the business was the exact same thing that I just became business bot 3000. Well, I mean, you know, it helps, I think, our long-term listeners when we switch it up because they're like, they, they're a connoisseur of business much like myself. Right. You know, I like a good business. Mm-hmm. And when the business is good, it, it, you know, it hits the sweet spot. So, um, I didn't get to tell, well, so last week before you went out of town, before you went to New York, <coughs> you texted me to see if we could record early on Tuesday night. Mm-hmm. And um, we had already we had plans. We were going to see Kevin Smith that night. How did that go? It was awesome. It was a lot Great. of fun. Um, Dude, the time I went with you and Steve to see Kevin Smith was one of the greatest you know trips of my life. That uh, dude, I just remember laughing all the way there, just goofing off and then having fun. Yeah, it was a great trip. Um, but we got to see Jay and Silent Bob reboot. That was the purpose of this specific tour. Oh. Ho, ho, ho. And I got to say, I laughed a lot. It was definitely, I'm interested to see it at home because it played very much like a crowd movie. It was a crowd pleaser where, you know, we're sitting in a theater full of the Kevin Smith faithful, right? Right. Know all the references, listen to the podcast, get all the little inside jokes. So it was just cheers and laughter for the entire like hour and a half hour and 40 minutes, whatever the movie is. Right. Mm -hmm. But I laughed. I thought it was a lot of fun. I'll say this. If you're not big on Kevin Smith and you're not a fan of Jay and silent Bob. And when I say a fan, you know, enough to see in the movie a couple of times and get the odd reference here and there. I I can't really see someone else enjoying it. It is. uh, Kevin Smith references the movie. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And and yeah. so for me, someone who really enjoys Kevin Smith, it was perfect. But I just can't see it playing for an audience that's not super well-versed. Snoochie booches. Right. But tons of really funny, cool cameos. Like, Is Alanis <laughs> Morissette in it? Oh, shit. 
she's mentioned like it comes up like several times in the movie they're like um and i talked to god who conveniently looks like alanis morissette or something like that there's a a reference or two like that but i can't remember if she herself is in the movie there was a couple of sort of expected references like that that i kind of thought we'd see that weren't in there and then there were some that were pretty big surprises i'll say i was bummed to see to not have mark hamill come back as cock knocker yeah um that was one that i was kind of expecting that didn't happen anyways you want to talk some star wars uh let's do all right well let's get caught up on will's quick thoughts on a few things but before we do that i have to make a correction a correction that i'm real bummed to make so last week we were discussing king tom and i how there was a rumor going around that both robert rodriguez and james mangold had directed some of the mandalorian season two And it wasn't very specific as if it was, oh, they got their own episodes or they just directed sequences or what. But that was the the rumor. Robert Rodriguez and James Mangold. Now, Will, does the name James Mangold remind you? Does that spring any memories for you in Star Wars history? Does that have something to do with the Boba Fett movie? Yes. He was the director who was rumored to be working on the Boba Fett movie. It is, I remember... Like, you, you know how you have these moments in time that you can remember with crystal clear clarity? Crystal clear clarity. Um, we were in California when we went uh, to hang out for the Solo premiere and stuff. And it was the day uh, that Solo came out. And we were driving around with our buddy Aaron Boyd, me, you, and Jesse in the rental car. And we stopped, I can't remember even where it was, what town it was we stopped in, but we stopped to check out that downtown area where we checked out like... The comic book store. That comic book store and that toy store and stuff. Yeah. And when we got out of the car, I was looking at my phone because it had blown up. I had a bunch of notifications and it was James Mangold to direct Boba Fett spinoff movie. So that's when that news dropped and obviously that didn't happen. You know, solo underperformed kind of stuck a fork in Star Wars spinoff movies. Yeah. Um, But with him being announced as a possible director for Mandalorian season or episode in season two or whatever, immediately my mind goes into conspiracy mode. And I think, oh, well, clearly that's going to be something to do with Boba Fett. The guy who was going to be doing a Boba Fett movie is directing the Mandalorian, like, and they kind of hinted that maybe Boba Fett was in season one, you know, all that stuff. Yeah. So excited. I was like, this is just, just another piece of information to add to my Boba Fett conspiracy. I am so excited. Well, the next day after King Tom and I record, James Mangold gets on Twitter and he's like, this story's fake. I definitely (laughs) didn't delete, uh, direct any of the Mandalorian. Oh man, that's disappointing. Eh, I mean, I don't know. The internet really wants James Mangold to do a Star Wars something. Yeah, and, and the him being involved with the the Boba Fett thing. Oh, God damn. She's, she's doing it on purpose now. 
Jesse just scared me again. This is somebody messaged me over the weekend and said, is Jesse purposely trying to scare you every podcast now? It's because of the stupid way we have this table now. My back is to the living room, and so I can't see people coming up on me. Maybe she's just trying to keep you in good cardiovascular health. That's not how you do it. She's probably trying to kill me. <laughs> that sweet, sweet insurance money. Yeah, right? For That insurance money, you know what that insurance money is? Star Wars collectibles. So when I die... <laughs> Hope you, you can... like selling off rare Rodians. <laughs> when I die, you can you can judge Jesse's involvement in the death by how, how quickly that shit shows up on like Facebook Marketplace and eBay and shit. She's There's gonna... a giant collection of Star Wars collectibles all going for like 5000 bucks for the whole thing. <coughs> oh, it's probably more than that, buddy. Um, she's gonna, you'll see her tweet. Uh, I'm sorry to say that Hall's passed away from fright today. Uh, thoughts and prayers. And then like two Here's minutes. Here's the link. Ago, <laughs> Here's the link for the estate sale. No, no, no. And then it'll, it'll, that'll say posted two minutes ago. And the tweet right above that is, Hey, anybody have a, know how much hot toys are worth? <laughs> She's standing here looking at me with this smile that either says, shut up, or you figured me out. I have an Excel out. sheet with all those <laughs> values on it. <laughs> you know, one time, to be completely serious, one time, Jesse and I were having a conversation, and this was not a joke. This was not being me, me being funny. I was like, you know, if I ever get like gravely ill, we're going to have to sit down, and I'm going to have to tell you the value of all this shit so you don't get ripped off. That is morbid. No, man, that's looking after Jesse. But I mean, I mean, valid. Yeah, a, she said you're giving me a project in my grief, a, a a project that you could put your mind into to keep yourself like motivated. I mean, yeah, I'm not around anymore, but shit, you could buy a hell of a nice big screen TV, and then I'll haunt the TV, Ghost in the Machine style. She'll go to Galaxy's Edge and sprinkle your ashes. Shit, if my ashes get spread at Galaxy's Edge before I get to go to Galaxy's Edge, I'll haunt that goddamn park. <laughs> I will be so mad. You think Rise of the Resistance breaks down a lot now? Wait till I'm haunting that place. Disneyland would have its own crippled ghost. Yes, it would. Yes, it would. Oh, man. Um... So where were we? James Mangold's not doing The Mandalorian, and I'm bummed. All right, buddy. Uh, so the High Republic stuff got announced while you were gone. Yeah, I know. What did you think about that? Like It got announced like the day after we wrapped the week before. Um, I thought it was great. Uh, it, it teased me because some of the concept art, one of the guys in there looked like David Harbour, like almost just like him. I was like, is he going to be a Jedi? That would be really cool. I mean, but there's no, I mean, I'm sure that, you know, he's just a coincidence, but yeah, uh, it's cool. It's, you know, it's what I wanted. I want to see Jedi in their prime. You know, we, we really have only seen Jedi at their fall and their lowest. I mean, that's kind of what the, uh, original and sequel trilogy eras are pretty much Jedi at their very lowest. Um, 
And the well, the prequels aren't that they're very lowest, but they're already on the decline. Well, that's what I'm saying. The prequels are pretty much the story of their fall, their decline and fall. Um, and to see them at their peak will be awesome. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so as of right now, you know, strictly a publishing thing. Project Luminous was always going to be a publishing thing, but you know there were rumors that from that other work would spring uh, movies and whatnot. And so far, no indication of anything like that. Just a handful of books and a couple of comic series, at least to kick off Wave 1. Um, I'm hoping it turns out really cool. It's got me really excited to check out books and, and comics and stuff again. Right. I like that there's this new sandbox without these giant ancient trees you got to plant around. You know, it's just flat soil ready to start from the ground up. Yeah. Uh, so did you read much of the um, sort of the thought behind it? Like, for instance, I'm not, not sure. one of the, the sort of catchphrases that they were using to describe it, and this is the one that when I heard it, I was completely in from this moment on. They said, Jedi Knights of the Round Table. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Count me in. Arthurian, you know, Camelot Jedi Temple. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, sir. Um, and there was a couple of other things that didn't come out in the official announcement, but came out through, you know, Star Wars doing their super sleuth thing online and whatnot. Mm -hmm. For instance, there is, it seems like the whole story gets kicked off by an event a mysterious disaster, galaxy-wide disaster, when all of the sudden every ship in hyperspace is just ripped out of hyperspace without warning. Okay. Uh, not much more is known, but it, it seems like when the synopsis from the books and stuff came out, uh, that that was a common theme, sort of the starting point. Not much more is known by that, but it sounds like it could be a fucked up kind of incident. It sounds pretty intriguing, too. It does. And then there's to also... galaxy-wide. Yeah, and then there's a, sort of the threat that they've... The, the new antagonists or sort of menace, they're called the Nile. And the Nile. They're described as basically space Vikings. Um, and not a whole lot more to go on that, either. So, it'll be interesting. Um, oh, one other thing. Uh, the Another tagline or whatever catchphrase that they were sort of ta passing around was when they were talking about the stories that they wanted to tell in this era, one of the questions that got them excited is, what do the Jedi fear? That's right. cool. No idea what that's going to turn out to be, but that's a cool concept. That is a cool concept. Um, but yeah. It was good old The High Republic. Looking forward to uh, to seeing that. It's going to be really cool. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to figure out a, a good way to keep you uh, up to date on that stuff when it goes down. The comics I know easy enough to follow. Um... But as far as the more time-consuming aspects, the the books and stuff, we'll figure something out for that. 
So, um, speaking of which, uh, the last issue of The Rise of Kylo Ren is out next week. I It's sad that that's going to be the last issue because I think I've said it before that the story had legs. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I get you don't want to go too overboard and I guess create too much backstory when you may have other plans in the works, but... Yeah. Yeah, I can totally see that. Um, it's been so well-received, that comic. Like, I think the first issue was announced to be going in uh, for fourth printing this week. Mm. So it's clearly doing very well. And I, you got to imagine they'll see that and continue on in some format, whether right. it be a follow-up comic miniseries or a book or something. Right. Okay. Um, so we had something kind of weird happen this week. We'll talk about that, and then we'll get into the Clone Wars. Um, it seems like some details some small details at least about the next star Wars game leaked out online this week. Really? Yeah. So what happened was the European store digital store for the PlayStation network listed a game called star Wars project Maverick. Now the way the PlayStation store works is they can put stuff up early and it's not available to the public. But people have figured out how to see stuff before it goes line. For instance, earlier this year, people found a listing for Resident Evil 3's remake on the PlayStation okay. Store before it went live. And it leaked out. Screenshots. These data miners that are able yes. to see this? Yes. Okay. Uh, another thing that happened was the Final Fantasy VII remake demo was put up on the store early and people found out about that and it didn't release until this week. People were talking about that thing like two months ago. So these things happen from time to time is what I'm trying to say. There's some precedent of things being put up on the PlayStation store early and then data miners finding out about it. Uh, and that you would ha- think that would irritate the properties involved. Oh, I'm sure it does. I'm sure it does, especially if it's something like Resident Evil 3 remake that hasn't been announced yet yeah. or this. I'm sure Capcom's like, what the hell, PlayStation mm-hmm. Store? Mm-hmm. You got to imagine any leak in anything like that is, is pretty annoying to the parent company. Um, but we had this leak for Star Wars Project Maverick. Not a lot to go on. No screenshots. There is a sort of title splash. Um sort of like a a header picture. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, when you go to the Xbox store and it's got an image at the top for the game you're downloading or whatever. Right. Um, and it's, it's, it looks cool. It actually, something about it kind of reminds me of the, the logo for solo, the spinoff movie solo. I'll actually send it to you now. Um, and that's about all we know is project Maverick. Um, and that it was put up early on the PlayStation Store. There has been some speculation wondering if this is maybe a beta for this game that's coming sometime in the next couple of months or something. Uh, But, you know, we have no officially announced Star Wars game uh, coming in the future. What we have is we know that EA Motive uh, is working on a Star Wars game. That's this. And we know that Respawn is working on some sort of follow-up to Jedi Fallen Order. 
Motive. Which studio has that produced before? Motive, in the context of Star Wars, they helped work on Battlefront 2. Because I thought I had seen that before. Yeah. EA Motive a, helped develop Battlefront 2. There's a couple things I'm picking up here. Okay. That is an Empire, mm-hmm. like a New Hope era Star Destroyer. Correct. And they are what look like a New Hope era X-Wings uh, beneath the A in Maverick. Okay. And then there's, you know, what I can only assume is volcanic activity, which might imply Mustafar, if mm-hmm. not just some sick black on red, you know, theme. Yeah, it, I can't really tell because it looks like some of those, it also looks kind of like asteroids. It does kind of, so, you're right. I don't know. It could be Mustafar. Um, there definitely seems to be some sort of lava splash or something coming up from the bottom. Mm-hmm. Now, if you remember, uh, recently when we were talking about future Star Wars games, we knew that EA Motive was supposedly wor- working on a quote-unquote smaller, more unique Star Wars game experience. And we kind of wondered, like, does that mean we're looking at a digitally-only title that's not going to be 60 bucks? You know, because in the realm of games now these days, you know, you have your $60 AAA titles, and then you have smaller experiences that don't cost as much. Right. You could, there's a strong argument to be made that the original Battlefront from 2015 should have been like a $30 game. Yeah. Even if it was digitally only. Um, and I, I, I do wonder if that's what we're looking at here. I get this sneaky suspicion, and I don't know why. If maybe it's the the Project Maverick, and that makes me think of fucking Top Gun. Mm-hmm. I kind of wonder if this is some sort of flight simulator or arcade flight game, maybe in the vein of the old Rogue Squadron games. That's where my first thought went to, but you know, there's no way to tell. It's where mine went. And I mean, a Maverick is like a flying ace, right? A right. Solo. And then there's also, you know, you think, well, you got to wonder if this is for some sort of beta that's going to be announced to be coming. Um, is there a multiplayer invo- involved? Are we looking at a multiplayer only title that's just dogfighting, ship flying? I tried to do some research on it today to find out what aspects of Battlefront EA Motive worked on. Because what I was yeah. hoping to find out is oh, they did Starfighter Assault and all the the ship combat stuff in Battlefront 2. Okay. I did not find that out. That's what I was hoping. Because if that's the case, then you could see where working on that could lead to something expanded from that concept. Will? Can you not hear me? I can hear you now. Oh, okay. I was right here. Okay. My connection must have gone funny. It's all good. It might have been my internet on my side for all we know. Um, But yeah, I guess if it's going up on the PlayStation Store, there's a good chance that we should find out before too long, I would think. Yeah. And that would make me think this is a, a release for this year. I I had read some speculation and stuff. I don't know if it was in speculation or honest to God reporting. I can't remember that 
the next game wouldn't be until 2021 with the Fallen Order sequel falling in 2022. Uh, but I have no indication of whether that's the case or not. You would think that if they're putting something up this early on the PlayStation, that it'll be on the PlayStation Network, that it'll be out sooner than next year. At you least. would think for the you know this far ahead. Yeah, because it's unnecessary to load that stuff on. I mean, I guess the whole point is so that you don't crash the server. So, or you're just super ahead of time. I, okay. So I I wish I knew more about how this stuff works. Because my assumption is there will still be patches even between now and then. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've seen some people wonder a few different things. For one, is this going to be a multiplayer beta that's going up that we'll, well that be able make to a lot of sense. Right. Or is this an internal beta for the company that's making the game? Like, do they load it onto PlayStation Network and only allow access to people in the company or something so they can test out their right. game so on the PlayStation Network? so that's how they play against each other. Could it be that? I don't know. I don't know how this stuff works well enough to make in even slightly informed speculation on that. <clears throat> but you would hope, even if it's it's not set to be revealed soon, that this would lead to them saying something. Right. It's still early days. And there's still a lot of going back and forth about it. But I was trying to think if there's any. So E3 is still three months away in June. And then the Game Developers Conference that was going to be going on, I believe in April, uh, it was canceled mm. because of uh, coronavirus fears. Yikes. Um, maybe that was going on this month. It's either this month or next month. So maybe that maybe they had planned on revealing it at Game Developers Conference. I don't know. But it is a mystery. I'll be excited to see what it is, though. You and me both. All right. Listen. Because this Starfighter Assault is my jam. Yeah, and I can see a situation where that separated out and then expanded on. Tony Hawk's meets Starfighter Assault. Not so much Not that. Not Tony Hawk's. What am I talking about? Tom Clancy's Hawks. Tom Clancy's Hawks. <laughs> that is a completely different type of game. Talk about a slip of the tongue. Okay. I got to be honest. When you first said that, I was like, Tony Hawk Pro Skater meets Star Wars? Uh, no. Um, yeah. Hawks could be cool. Like like mission-based. Yeah. Or, sorties. Rogue Squadron. Rogue, uh, exactly. Rogue Squadron with a multiplayer online multiplayer i know that's not incredibly different than starfighter assault assault but you could expand on it and flesh it out more than starfighter assault is and you know, i think make something pretty compelling and one of the interesting things that the first battlefront had in its starfighter assault was there were in atmosphere starfights right like there were starfighter battles in atmosphere right because they didn't go out in space right yeah yeah, all of the battles take place in space, if I'm not mistaken. In two? In two, with the exception of, like, Conquest. You know, you, you fly the ship in atmosphere then. Right. Um, but I always thought it was neat to have different physics for the starfighters if you're fighting in atmosphere versus in space. 
you know, not not drastically different, but maybe there's more drag or, you know, your acceleration right. is a little different or maybe you have to lead your lasers a little more or something like that. That whole con like you could, you know, you could really make a flight simulator with these minor changes between planets or backgrounds or environments or you could play with gravity, you know, you know, having to slingshot around a sun or a black hole, you know, there are all these things that you could do with a flight simulator, Star Wars, that doesn't necessarily have to be just fighting each other in starships. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And if they were going to go my preferred Star Wars route for a flight simulator simulator type game, I've got the one in my mind I want them to do. But I don't know that you would consider it a quote-unquote smaller Star Wars experience. So... King Tom and I were talking about this today on Twitter a little bit. And he said, well, what if it was more focused on galactic exploration? And what that made me think of is games like No Man's Sky. No Man's Sky and EVE Online, maybe. Elite Dangerous is another one. Um, What was it called back in the day? I think Freelancer? It was kind of... Maybe it wasn't Freelancer. But anyway, it's it's these Skylanders? No, no Skylanders. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Tony Hawk's Pro Skater <laughs> 2? Spyro. Spyro the Dragon is the answer. Um, Tony Hawk's. I thought you were just doing the southern thing where you add an S onto the end of everything, so it's not Walmart, it's Walmarts. Oh my god. Or Tony oh Hawk's. Oh my god. Don't even get me started today. <laughs> I went to Walmart and had the worst experience of my life. I have never complained to the manager, but I was so mad that I came home and waited 15 minutes to talk to corporate about my experience at Walmart today, and I let them fucking have it. Do you want to share? I'm not that guy, bro. I'm not that guy. Dude, like, I, me I neither. always give everybody the benefit of the doubt. Me too. You know, when my servers, I still tip, you know, like I don't really ever give anybody a hard time, but they have all the checkout lanes closed, right? Like nobody's checking anybody out. So it's all self checkout, right? Uh-huh. And there is one person over these 10 self checkout lanes and like six of them pop red at the same time, right? Like, so I have to wait my asparagus wouldn't weigh up. So, and I, you know, it's something about, it just wouldn't give me the motherfucking asparagus. So <laughs> I had to wait. And then she saw me and still saw like three or four more people before me. And it's not like she just had to go over and scan their shit. She had to take their item back to her desk to do some more shit. And then like, I, I try to flag down somebody else. Like, cause I'm up front like customer services right there. And the greeter, like talking, and I'm like, hey, can one of y'all help me? And they're like, oh, you're going to have to talk to her. I can't. That's not my job. And I was like, oh, ho, 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 motherfucker. That's not your job. I just got to stand here and wait for somebody to get to me. So she finally comes over there, gets me going. I start scanning my groceries. And the child from the lady behind me scans one of their items as I'm doing something else. So I was like, oh, God. Now I have to delete it. And I go in and I delete their item. But guess what? I need the scan Again, so I wait another goddamn 20 minutes for her to get through with the other five people that, you know, before me or whatever. Like, these machines are fucking up so often, you have got to have another person out there. Like, I don't care. Like, you have to have another person. I understand you want automated bullshit. You want to save some money on some checkers. Well, you need to have people solving these problems because it took me twice as long to check out as it did to put the goddamn shit in my buggy. And that is unacceptable <laughs> for multiple people to tell me it's not their job to help me. I'll go shop at fucking Kroger, all right? I will take my business elsewhere. 
fuck you, Walmart. I don't have to go to you. And I told them that. I was like, dude, this is a problem and you need to fix it because I will not be coming back to your store if this is my experience again. Like, and I will tell people not to come back to that store either because it's a shitty Walmart. <clears throat> and uh, I was like, and I work in the service industry and I understand customer service and that's the worst fucking service I've had in a long time. Like, I never call people about this shit and they were like, sir, would you like to be called back about this? I was like, you know what, no. As long as you hear me and you make sure that this complaint is heard, I don't need you to call me back. I need you to fix the problem or I won't be shopping at Walmart. And dude, I... <sighs> I oh oh I was hot, I was hot, buddy. I have not heard you were hot. You you just relived it all. I did. I really did. I mean, it, it, it's the you know all I'm trying to do is get out of here with groceries, and you're like, I not, want this goddamn. Asparagus. <laughs> it's fucking asparagus, you know. And I'm not like I. I waited my time, you know. I waited my, in my line to get to myself checkout, and then I've got to, you know. Then I've got to wait even more. Like, can you guys not have people up here solving these problems? Like, you got to have one person over these ten registers, each of which is malfunctioning over some stupid bullshit. Yeah. Yeah, self-checkout gives me a little bit of anxiety because it's like playing that, um, what was that old game show where you tried to get no whammies? Where like the, oh, the, oh, big money, big money, no whammies. Yeah, and using a self-checkout sometimes feels like playing that game and I'm just dreading hitting the whammy when my self-checkout kiosk goes haywire. What'd you think of Clone Wars? <laughs> Oh, masterstroke. It was wonderful. I really like Clone Wars. Um, <laughs> ooh, ooh. Do you need to go get a cold drink? Oh, I'm going to punch a hole through a wall, dude. Oh, I, no. I am so angry that they did that to me. My goodness. And maybe I'm overreacting. You know, maybe I was having a bad... But you know what? I wasn't having a bad day. I was enjoying my shopping trip. I had fun putting is, all that shit in the buggy. Which is rare at Walmart. Checking off the things on my list. Nobody really hassled me in the store. I found everything I needed. Walmart has a bad reputation for a reason. You know right. what I mean? Like, there's a reason Walmart has the reputation it does. And your experience at Walmart pretty back, pretty much backs that up. I don't think. Yeah, yeah. You know? Uh, dude, I got to tell you. Jesse gets so frustrated with Walmart that like, I was like, you know what we should just start doing? We'll just do grocery pickup at Walmart. You know where you get on the, the app and you just pick out all your groceries. You pull into the parking lot and they bring them out to your car. Bing, yeah. bang, boom, you're, boom, you're done. You set a time, you go and park. It went beautifully for like a month, right? And they can't get that shit right either, can they? No. And then after like a month, Jesse would go and she would text me and be like, I'm still waiting at Walmart. One time she waited an hour and 15 minutes. And she was understandably very frustrated. She was like, I don't even want the groceries now. They've pissed me off so much. Yeah. And she's like, but I don't even know how to do a refund. I don't know if you can do a refund. Um, so she stopped doing that. And they would get shit wrong or all kinds of stuff, right? My mom did it last week, right? My mom placed order for groceries. And she pulls up, tells them her name. She's like, all right, I'm going to get your groceries. 
like waits like all right it's been like 30 minutes and she's like what's your name like it's you know it's still sherry like right uh and like oh i'm so, i gave your groceries to the lady park next to you like are you fucking kidding me like yeah that is some dumb shit you gave away i mean so you know what we started doing then we started doing um amazon grocery delivery oh i bet that's better it is and it isn't you it, see so it's all from whole foods right right well, see yeah um which is totally fine but it's so far <laughs> from what we can figure out it's kind of hard to specify certain things so one night she wanted to order steak we were going to have steak at home and she ordered two steaks and what they sent was one giant steak <laughs> a steak so big that she was like i don't think this is gonna fit in the cast iron <laughs> they gave you a, a london broil or like a, <laughs> it was like a roast like, a roast is what they gave yeah. you. yeah <clears throat> so let's thanks right. for listening to blue harvest a star wars podcast the show that never has been and never will be sponsored by walmart uh, dude i look i'm sure i don't know that there's ever been i've ever heard a podcast sponsored by walmart but I don't know that I'd be interested in either. I think they're kind of a shitty company. Amazon, Amazon's not better, you know? These yeah. big companies are all shitheads, but... I say this all the time. God damn that. Mankind is doomed until the focus is on the betterment of humanity as a species instead of the maximization of profit. As long as mankind continues to squeeze the maximum amount of profit from its brother, it will. it's doomed to fail. So speaking of a company that knows how to really squeeze maximum profit, Disney Plus. <laughs> New home to Clone Wars. Clone Wars is back, baby. <laughs> Don't call it a comeback. It's been uh, here for years. So um, Clone Wars is back. We're getting the Like first... I said, they had the playlist that really helped me catch up. Right. Like the recommended essential Clone Wars catch up. You know, that's not what it's called, but that's what I felt like. Okay, so here's a question. In that Essential Clone Wars or whatever, did they ha have the arc about no Clone 99? Clone 99. The, the, the tumor? No, not the... Are you thinking about the Order 66 arc? Yeah. No. Clone 99 was sort of a failed clone that looked kind of like an old man. And he helped, like he worked at the Clone Academy on Camino. Did you see that? I don't. I don't think okay. I saw that one. Okay, I was just wondering since that arc ties into this Bad Batch arc mm -hmm. so much, I wondered if that would be part of it. Is um, that older? Is that where they left Echo with the Citadel? Yes. Because I, I, I guess I, I picked up where I thought I had left off from mm -hmm. Clone Wars, and that may have been just further back that I had seen. But it had been, you know, years upon years ago. Right. So in the Bad Batch, they're, they're called Clone Squadron 99. They're named after 99. That's why okay. I asked. Um, uh, and the Bad Batch, by the way, is sick as fuck. Like all yeah, those I think they're cool. clones and, you know, they call themselves the Bad Batch and they each have desirable mutations. Some of the names are a little hokey, but I mean, I get it. Yeah, you know, I don't I get eh. I liked it all right as far as their Wrecker nicknames. and crosshair, you know. What so I watched those first two episodes again this evening before we recorded just to refresh myself. 
Uh, and you know what struck me is the Bad Batch kind of line up with your um, classes in Battlefront 2. Yeah. You the Heavy, the y- Sniper. The Specialist, which would be like Tech, I guess. Yeah. Your Assault, which would be Hunter. John J. Rambo in Star Rambo. Wars. I was yeah. about to say, that guy is Rambo. That's yeah. the Rambo soldier. Like, he's made to look like Rambo. Mm-hmm. Fights oh. with a big-ass vibra knife or whatever. Yeah, they're um, they're pretty cool. I dig the, the Bad cool. Batch. Um, so what did you think of the first episode? With King, Con- Tom- King Kong, not King Kong. No, Halls. King Tom, not King Kong. Uh, and I talked about it. Uh, last week but what'd you think of the return like that first episode it was great and it it was a great episode because it had emotion and action and in equal parts um that second one kind of ends like on a cliffhanger i think Mm -hmm. and uh but i mean you see where they we see what they're going for is the is the spider commander is that michael dorn doing his voice old uh wharf Oh, I don't know. I'm not sure. I'll look him up. Uh, that would be cool if it was. It sounds like him to me. I've got an ear for voice actors. Yeah, you're really good at that. I remember one time when I was playing the first Dragon Age game when we lived together. You're like, that's Spike from Cowboy Bebop doing that voice. <laughs> and I looked it up, and sure enough, it was. Yeah. Um, Shit, I drew a blank. Um, How does it feel to be back in? So in the time since Clone Wars went away and now, you know, we had Rebels and in Resistance. How does it feel to be back in sort of the Clone Wars vibe to you as opposed to being sort of in the whole Rebels and Resistance thing? I kind of miss it. Yeah. To be honest, I really do. There's something about the Clone Wars and the way it's portrayed in the Clone Wars series that's very good. It's very, you know, tra- like, I know how it ends, so it's kind of tragic. The build, you know, seems like it's building towards the victory of a Jedi, but you know it's not. And um, you get to see uh, what it, the arc of uh, Anakin getting pissed off at Padme's old boyfriend on, that ran the banking planet. Oh, um, uh, what's that fucking dude's name? Uh, what a douche. Uh, what is? I can't remember, but I know who you're talking about. Uh, Anakin gets so pissed off. He beats the shit out of that guy. Like, mm-hmm. And not that I like to see that, but it makes his inevitable fall so much more palatable. Right. And, and it, it really, to me, Clone Wars enhances the prequels. It really does. In a really to me nice as well. way. Um. I just a, a matter of personal preference. I so much prefer the animation style of Clone Wars to the other two, and I was never someone who disliked the other two shows because of their animated style. I right. thought they did a, a fine job. Rebels got a lot better as it went on. Um, it's so stylized, but it feels so perfected. Yeah, by season six. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, when you go back and and watch early episodes of Clone Wars versus I would say five, six, and seven seasons, five, six, and seven, it's night and day difference. They, they've, they really up their game. Like right. some of those night sister arcs with Maul and Savage oppress and shit look amazing. 
um yoda's last arc in the in season six some I, cr- crazy good animation crazy stuff. good where qui-gon jinn's teaching him how to you know exist beyond the force that that was an amazing arc like amazing and it explains basically what you have to do to exist beyond the force and how qui-gon jinn led yoda there and Yoda was even doubting himself, like, I'm not even sure if this voice in my head is Qui-Gon Jinn. Like, I got to go figure this out. Yeah, and uh, that that arc has one of my favorite moments in Clone Wars when Yoda has, like, that dream or that vision where everything didn't go to shit. And he's at that tree on the Jedi Temple and Qui-Gon and Dooku and all those he's folks are there. by serenity, yeah. Yeah, I really liked that. I thought that was really well done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. um and then the Sifo-Dyas arc, where you basically get the knowledge that Sifo-Dyas in was like crashed on a spice, a gangster spice planet, the Pikes, the Pikes, and basically died. And you know, Dooku basically impersonated him to get the clone army made. Yeah, it really does a good job of. Um... Tying it, that loose thread up. Yes, of, of explaining the whole sifo thing that's and brought up Django in Attack Fett of the Clones. saying, I was hired by a man named Tyrannus. Like, right, on the moon of Bogna. So, there's, you know, it, it, it really... Uh, once again, that stuff could have just as easily been in the prequels, but we got an answer. So that's all right. I really need. Because it was always right. sort of a mystery. Like, what is that whole sifo thing about? Um. The episode of uh, Mace Windu and Jar Jar Binks. Mm-hmm. Great episode. Great episode. I, I, in the beginning of that episode, I was like, oh, shit. Oh, shit. Why is this? Why am I watching this Jar Jar Binks episode? But, like, I totally get it. It, it, it legitimized him as a diplomat mm-hmm. to a, a culture that was spiritually close with the Force and was more accepting of him than the Jedi. Um you know, I, I really like that idea that Jar Jar Binks is a diplomat within his own, you know, space. He, he, he's good at what he's good at. You know, the Force can use him just like a Jedi. Yeah, and there's another arc. I, I don't know if it's well regarded, but it's one I enjoy where it's um, Jar Jar impersonating a Jedi. Like, he's got to go save. He's got to do, like, a rescue mission so he pretends to be a Jedi. Mm-hmm. And, like, wears a robe and stuff. It's goofy, but I enjoyed it. And him and Mace Windu like defeat a night sister, I believe, in that mm-hmm. in that episode. Yeah. So, um, well, so what to me? What makes talking about this first arc of Clone Wars sort of difficult is more so than the other animated series. There's Clone Wars is so built around arcs. So it's hard to judge the whole Bad Batch thing until we get the last two parts. Right now we've only seen yeah. half of it effectively. I'm really not invested in Anakin, you know, or Obi-Wan or Padme at this point in yeah. this season. I'm really kind of only invested in Rex and the Bad Batch. Yeah. And, and obviously Echo. You know, when you watch Clone Wars, it's very clear that there's there's like clone focused episodes or Anakin focused episodes or uh, Asajj Ventress focused episodes or Darth Maul, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And it's clear that this arc is, is heavy on the clones. I imagine we'll get more of the other characters 
in the the next two arcs that are coming. <clears throat> I enjoyed the second episode quite a bit. You just mentioned it. I did really like the the scene though where Rex is running a distraction for Anakin. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he can talk to Padme and then Rex calls him out on or not Rex Obi-Wan calls him out on it right where he's like well at least I hope you told Aunt Padme I said hello yeah I was like oh shit that's smooth I was like oh <laughs> blast I like that part um, that was cool and Anakin's hair is a little different but I like it like it's yeah they definitely I'm, did a, I guess a bit it's of more a more towards the the final you know return of uh, Return of the Sith. Revenge of the Sith. Revenge of the Sith, I mean. Yeah, this season's definitely inching closer to that for sure. I mean, if you noticed, even in um, that scene with Padme, she's we- that's that outfit that she's wearing is the same sort of outfit she wears to go confront Anakin on Mustafar. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess that's her like baby bump hiding outfit or something. It's got to be. Because she's not showing necessarily that much at the moment. Right. Um. So I like that they have scheduled FaceTime dates that he's always late for. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, because that's that's sort of a I wouldn't say it's a question, but you wonder like, so basically Anakin and Padme get married, and then he's off to fight in the Clone Wars for yeah. the next three years or so. So like, how often do they actually get to see each other? Um, it's probably not a whole lot. So they got to figure out something. And I do like that Rex is sort of in on it. <coughs> and, and, helping and I like boy. that even in the last couple seasons, the clones, it, they they bring it up in the Order 66 arc about how the Jedi have encouraged problem solving and creative thinking in the clones and therefore they're manifesting individuality. Yeah. I really like that. Yeah. Yeah, I like that too. And I'll, I'll be, I'm really hopeful and I think it's there's probably a pretty good chance of it that as this series gl- draws to incl- a close, and as we saw in the trailer, it looks like we're into Revenge of the Sith time by the time this series ends. I hope we get to see Order 66 go down and Rex sort of, uh, you know, fight that programming or whatever. Mm-hmm. That would be really cool. Because he knows about it, or he know well... They don't you know, know about Order 66. They know they have these tumors or whatever. Yeah, they knew something's up. Which, the tumor thing, like, it's a really cool way to explain Order 66, but it's also, so it's basically a... Another biological explanation. A like. Bi- like a biological control chip, for lack of a yeah. better term. Yep. What'd you think about the end of the episode when they found Echo? Uh, it's real dark. Yeah. I mean, that's real dark. Yeah. Seeing his eyes, he looks all emaciated and his eyes rolling back in his head and he's all super pale and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's really I mean, I up. I see what they're doing, you know, like and the whole concept of the bad batch like defying the droid army's predictability algorithm, I guess for the clones. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're they're obviously scanning his brain or whatever, you know, you know oh, feeding yeah. him combat data and then seeing how he responds and uh, extrapolating, you know, clone movements from that. That's pretty obvious. Yeah, it's fucked up that they basically captured, yeah, c- captured this clone and think so uh, little of him that they're basically just using him as a as a database or whatever. Yeah. It's, it's fucked up, man. 
super um, I'm excited to see where it goes uh I couldn't tell if he was he robot from the waist down or just in like a weird suit I couldn't really uh make heads or tails of that either no pun intended I guess um <laughs> yeah I I couldn't really tell you but yeah, they gotta unhook him from the Matrix soon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Speaking he needs of the to Matrix, take the red pill. I watched the Matrix this week. Did you really? Yeah, the original. Yeah, I I watched that in the Animatrix. I'll probably oh. watch fucking two and three at some point. Those are probably my favorite two media of the Matrix. Yeah, like, I would I, say that's kind of where I like to stop. Yeah, Matrix <laughs> I'll, and I'll watch. Matrix, uh, the original Matrix and Animatrix are definitely the two strongest things under that property. But see, what's going on is, you know, they're filming the fourth Matrix right now. Mm -hmm. And they're they're filming some of it in public. So people are posting pictures of like Keanu Reeves and Carrie Ann Moss Moss and stuff. Jumping off a building or whatever. Yeah, doing stuff on set. And I was like. Do I feel it? Do I feel the tug back to the Matrix again? Am I finding myself getting excited about a Matrix 4? And the answer is yes, because I went and fucking bought the whole set on Voodoo, and I've been watching it this week. Well, there you go. I even bought Reloaded and Revolutions. It's really not. I mean, it's not bad. Again, Revolutions. Pretty bad. Not. I mean, it's the weakest of the three, but I I still don't understand how they're going to bring everybody back. You know what I mean? Like... I don't know. Unless either. they exist only as spirits within the matrix, you know, like in, in you know, seeing them as constructs within the matrix isn't far fetched for me, but yeah. seeing them pulled out of the matrix will be hard to believe. It'll be interesting to see how it's just in general regarded. Like Or maybe, you know, cloning's a deal, so who knows? Yeah. Who knows? There's no telling. Um I de- so it's been a while since I've seen part three, but doesn't it end with them kind of being like, Neo will will be back someday when the time is right or something yeah, like that? Yeah, but I'm pretty sh- I mean, isn't his body like the machine word or something like they dissolve it or something? I can't. I can't remember. I cannot remember that much. It's Trinity that's got the rebar coming through her chest. Right. <laughs> so who knows? Um. Yeah, so that's sort of our, my thoughts on Clone Wars. Will's thoughts on Clone Wars. We're really enjoying it. Glad it's back. Super glad. Um. Really can't wait for the Siege of Mandalore stuff to kick off. We're still a little ways away from that, but that's that's the part that I'm really looking forward to. Yeah. Is is good old Siege of Mandalore? It's Mandalorians getting Darth Maul back in this piece. Some Ahsoka stuff. I wonder if any of that will tie into the Mandalorian show. You would think it would have to at some point. I do. I I don't know about directly tying in since it's so far apart, you know? I was about to say, I, I guess the Rebel stuff is more likely to tie into. But I, I wouldn't be surprised if there is some, at least context, given to things from the Mandalorian. I need game. to hear one of them say, this is the way. Like, For real. And, you know, with Dave Filoni working on both, there's a good chance there will be some sort of connective tissue there. If I is, the, is the foundress, do we know the foundress is not Bo-Katan? 
So we don't know that, but you would think they would use the same voice. You, you would know. think. And the thing about it is the eye shield, like there are parts of her helmet that are very similar. Like the eye, the the T that of the face that is the eyes and mouth shield seems very similar. Yeah, but so does Sabine's. That's true. I mean, it's, I, you know, maybe that is just like um, a standard female type. Yeah, like helmet. a lady's Mandalorian helmet. I'm not sure if that's 100% always the case. I know, um, and you know, one thing we like to do here at Blue Harvest is uh, some cockadoody speculating. Yeah, especially if that cockadoody speculating ties into products. But I got a Funko Pop from The Mandalorian, and it's just called a Covert Mandalorian. And it's like a Mandalorian with like green and white armor. Uh, and it also has that same uh, helmet type. Okay, all right. So it's not an uncommon he helmet type is what I'm saying. So I don't think that alone would rule her, uh, would, you know, make it be Bo-Katan. And like I said, you would guess that they would have, would more than likely use Katie Sackhoff for the voice. You would think. Um, but I mean, the character Satine, uh, is supposedly based on Satine from Moulin Rouge. Oh, really? Yeah. The I did not know that inspiration for the Duchess Satine, you know, the Ewan McGregor and the Satine romance in Moulin Rouge. I did not know that. Learn something new every day. <clears throat> All right. So you want to jump in and do some voicemails and stuff? Oh, yeah. Let's do it. The only Jedi master who can crash box Giddy Cockhead Running around slaying bitches with his cockhead He's a big Surian stud He loves to split chicks with his pud Giddy Cockhead So stroke his cone and suck on his balls Giddy Cockhead What you gonna do when he comes on you now? He's a Jedi Council stooge but he'll be plumping spooch tomorrow! Cockhead! Luhar! Cockhead! Hansberger! Cockhead! Will Witten! Cockhead! Goose Paint! Cockhead! G-Money! Cockhead! King Tom! Cockhead! Joe! Cockhead! Key and D! Cockhead! Cockhead! All right, first up this evening, we have our buddy DeMarcus. Uh, he said, hey, Halls and Will, pretty sure I missed the recording cutoff for this week. Forgot to touch on Project Luminous in the voice message. Definitely looking forward to it. Hopefully, if the books do well, we'll get movies set in that time period in the not-too-distant future. Have a great week, guys. And then he has this voicemail. Hey, how's it well, it's your buddy DeMarcus, and I've noticed over the last couple podcasts, uh, the gaming side of Star Wars has come up a little bit more often, especially with Battlefront, which I love. So I had a couple questions for you guys and your thoughts on what you're thinking about the rumored Star Wars projects right now. So one, the most recent news would have been that um, there was an open world Battlefront spinoff that was canceled by EA last year kind of frustrating because that's the second open world star wars project that was canceled 
I think. And um, I don't know. I just feel like open world Star Wars take all my money. I feel like that's just common <laughs> sense to do, but whatever. Anyways, but there is supposedly a rumor, and I think this was picked up by, I know for sure Kotaku, and I think maybe even IGN, IGN that there is a smaller uh, Star Wars project uh, being worked on by EA Motive, that's uh, Motive Studios, that's supposed to be coming out this year. Like, you know, um, with what fall, winter, whatever this year, at the end of this year. And here's a couple of things that's being said about it. Unique, more unusual, and it's a smaller project. So, of course, we know nothing right now. And I assume we'll find something out at, um, at Celebration, even if it's just a name. We'll know something at Celebration, and then maybe at E3, at EA's you know, big shebang, they'll show more on it. But, um, I mean, it's unfortunate that it's a quote-unquote smaller project. So I'm not, I'm definitely going to temper my expectations. But what do you guys think, or what would you like to see? Knowing that it's going to be on a smaller scale, what do you think it could be, and what would you guys like to see? I, I, I due to time, I'm already running kind of long here, so I, I don't even know where my mind goes when I think smaller you know, initially I go mobile, but from the sounds of it, it's going to be a console uh, game, I assume. Um, if we're, if it's a mobile game, well, oh well. But um, what are you guys thinking? And um, thoughts on the second canceled uh, open world project? Maybe this is the first one and it just got, the news just got out a little bit later. And then um, the other thing that's being worked on is obviously the sequel to follow uh, Jedi Fallen Order, amazing game. That's obvious, but it's just, it's crazy to me that in all this time, there's only two Star Wars projects that's currently being worked on right now. You know, with everything being canceled, and it's like EA really. And I'm not someone that hates EA. I mean, I enjoy a lot of the games. I mean, I know their their practices. You know, with uh, grind or crunch and everything isn't great. So I don't I don't agree with that, but. You know, I'm not someone that just kind of shits on EA, but gosh, man, they're, uh, the canceling of these Star Wars games is a little frustrating, but, um, you know, thanks for hearing me out, guys. Love the podcast, um, and may the force be with you. So we talked about the smaller project a little at the beginning. Uh, we talked about how we might like a flight simulator starfighter game. Yeah. So other I, than that, I'm trying to think of, I mean, a real-time strategy, I would like, you know, the, mm -hmm. but that's not everybody. You know, I could get down on a Halo Wars, Star Wars game. Oh, me too. <clears throat> uh, I'll tell you what I would be afraid of, and there's no indication that it's going this way, but, and, and honestly, I don't know how likely it would be to be something like this, because this type of game blew up for a hot second and then sort of faded off after there wasn't a whole lot of other success with like imitators, but would be uh, essentially a digital collectible card game. Oh, like Rage of Bahamut. Well, more like Hearthstone is Hearthstone. what I'm thinking. You know, oh, where you can actually yeah. play the game against each other. Right. Well, Hearthstone is basically Blizzard's version of Magic. That's simplifying it a great deal, but for the sake of brevity, 
that's what it is. And there have been several imitators that have come out in, you know, the years since Hearthstone. Uh, there was an Elder Scrolls themed card game, a fabled, a fable themed card game. Uh, Valve tried to do one called Artifact, and none of them really hit the way that Hearthstone did. I think there's even a Lord of the Rings one. Well, Hearthstone has, like, basically the the it exists in the world of Warcraft world, right? Yeah, like it's got that that tie to that IP where your right. cards are well known characters and creatures and spells and things from Hearthstone or from to, World of Warcraft. To me, that's such a large <laughs> fan base. Yeah, that I think that helps right its viability. Right, and and Hearthstone, I think it's if I had to guess, I don't follow it closely but i bet you it is nowhere near its peak at what it was i played the hearthstone for a little while it was a good time but went was kind of popular there for a minute yeah. when the witcher was going around mm -hmm. uh i don't so if they did one of those in star wars it would not excite me i would not be like oh i can't wait to see this now can't watch wait to me... get my rare han solo yeah watch me sticking my fucking foot in my mouth in two months when I'm on the podcast being like, guys, did you see the trailer for the Star Wars car Picard game on Xbox, PC, and PS4? Will, have you downloaded the <laughs> app yet? Well, regardless, you're going to be getting that text because it's our duty to check it out if that's what it is. That's true. You said I'm, duty. <laughs> I'm not excited about the concept. I don't know that it's something that could really hold my interest for a long time. I would play it. Uh, it, just really my issue moment. is the collecting issue. Mm -hmm. You know, like, I I loved Magic. I played the shit out of Magic the Gathering in high school, and I amassed quite a Magic card collection. But, like, every season, new cards come out that, and new strategies to obliterate my already existing decks. So, like, you basically have to continuously be buying cards to build decks. And uh, I'm not, I just don't have the cash flow or really the interest to continuously buy, you know, it, it, it's what I consider gambling. You, you know, like, yeah. I consider the loot box and, you know, the Pokemon cards and the Magic cards, that's basically gambling. You're taking a risk. I mean, you're assured, you know, a certain number of rares, uncommons, and commons. Like, I get that, that it's a hedged bet, but you're still, every time you purchase a pack, you're betting, you're hoping you get something good. Right. You know. Yeah, it's it's not necessarily my favorite approach and wouldn't be super stoked. Look, we were talking about it earlier before you got kicked off on your Walmart deal, but games like No Man's Sky, uh, Elite Dangerous, Privateer. Privateer was the other game I was trying to think of where there is space uh, combat involved, but it's not necessarily the focus. It's about getting your ship and exploring and you can do anything you could be uh you know uh, you could uh, haul cargo or you could smuggle or you could be a bounty hunter or you could do any of these other things right seems like a very singular experience right i i don't think we're in for something of that scale because i don't think you would call that quote-unquote smaller but man that concept in star wars would be sick you start off with the little rinky dink ship you take some jobs, you earn some credits, maybe you work for the Empire, maybe you smuggle for the Rebellion, maybe, you know, all these Dude. different open-ended space exploration in Star Wars, buying new ships and upgrade them. Like, I could get into that big time. 
what if it's a, a battle royale looter shooter? Hundred people on a star destroyer, last man standing wins. Why would you do this to me, Will? <laughs> what? I don't want that. No, you don't want to be looting for upgraded sites no. for your E E eleven E eleven. Look, I'm I'm not here to talk shit about PUBG or Fortnite. I played a lot of PUBG little bit of Fortnite, and I enjoyed my time with them. I'm not here to talk shit about them. I don't want Star Wars to go down the Battle Royale route. For one, I think it's it's too late. Like, <laughs> Yeah, strike while the iron is hot. The right. iron isn't necessarily hot anymore. Yeah, that is a very two, 2017 idea for Star Wars. I'm just, um, I'm just spitballing off the term Maverick. Yeah. You know, because... It makes me think of a singular. It kind of makes me think of Han Solo. Like, mm-hmm. what if it's just a Han Solo video game, and it's re it's named Maverick as like a you know code name. You know, okay. So speaking of a, a game type that was big, and the time to do this type of game would have been before now. You know what I would have loved for them to do is a Telltale style episodic story game. That'd be cool, like a choose-your-own-adventure kind of thing. Almost. Like, you know how Telltale did The Walking Dead and Wolf Among Us and Batman and things like that? That for Star Wars, and even better, do it set in the Clone Wars and and ape the Clone Wars animated style. Oh, wow, that'd be cool. But the problem with that is you couldn't give too much wiggle room with the whole choose-your-own, make-your-own-choices and stuff. Because they'd want it to adhere to canon. So your right. choices would be more limited than, say, in other you know, uh, other games of that nature. But I could have seen that being really cool, you know? And I, I will say The Force Unleashed and The Force Unleashed 2 were cool, even though I knew they were non-canonical. You know, like, I don't know if they were intended to be canon at the time, but I kind of just assumed that they were not canon, even playing them. Um I still had a good time doing that. Playing the first one, because, you know, I, I recently replayed it within the last few months for Masters of Harvest Kasi. Um, and you can see how that one fits better in Star Wars canon. It still gets a little muddy. Now, by the time you get to Force Unleashed 2, that's where it gets real screwy with Star Wars canon. I don't... Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> like where... The the light side ending is the rebellion capturing Darth Vader and shit yeah. like that's you're going killing on, the emperor or whatever. Yeah, not ne- well. You don't necessarily kill the emperor. You do in the well in the dark side ending. You kill Darth Vader and take his place, right? As like the emperor's apprentice, you do that. I think that's basically how one and two's dark side endings go. <clears throat> I, I still wonder how they would have taken where they would have taken that story had uh force unleashed three ever come about. Um, that would have been, uh, something to see. I know at one point, one of the people that worked on, I can't remember which one, one of the sort of heads that worked on force unleashed one and two said that at one point they were exploring the concept of a co-op, 
uh, Force Unleashed 3 where one person would be playing as uh, Starkiller and the other person would be playing as Darth Vader. Interesting. That could have been an interesting concept. Could have. <clears throat> All right. Next up, we got a voicemail from Utah Dougie. How's and Will? It's Dougie calling in or King Tom, whoever's there today. Um, I was reading some articles Another Utah fun fact, part of episode eight on Crate, the Salt Flats, was filmed in Utah, just part of it. So there's a little connection there. And I was wondering if you guys were to ever have a Star Wars film and be a producer and you could pick one place to film where you have been physically, where you have visited um, to put in a Star Wars movie, what would that be? Uh, where would you pick? Um, and it has to be somewhere you have traveled to, not somewhere you've looked up or Googled, but somewhere you physically have been to. What would, what would be the best fit for Star Wars? Appreciate the podcast. Check you guys later. Ooh. Ooh, I'm going to show my lack of travel. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I'm like, damn, I don't know. Wait. Um, yeah, that's a tough one for me. New you Orleans. Know? Yeah, like, what am I going to film in New Orleans? How do you make that look alien? I mean, if you if we go with just the premise, like, seedy, dirty, bayou, I can get down with that. You know, Star Wars is yeah. You know, like, part of me says, like, nah, man, do it in, like, rural Mississippi. Bring Mrs. Star Wars to Mississippi. Where it's hot, where there's no wind, yeah, lots of cicadas. Yeah. Um Man, that's a tough. I worked Where on... one of the stormtroopers says, "Mighty warm today." <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's weird because like, so I've been to, you know, I've been to a lot of places in the states, not a ton, but I've been, you know, traveled a bit in the states. As far as out of country travel, I've only ever been to um, Mexico and the Dominican Republic. You know, you could film a Star Wars there. You'd basically be doing Scarif again, though. At least the parts of Mexico and Dominican Republic I went to. That's true. The more resorty parts. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. That's a good question, Dougie. We don't have like a cool alien that I can think about. We don't necessarily have a cool alien sort of setting like the salt flats in Utah that you could see being otherworldly. Like maybe somewhere up in the mountains would be kind of cool. Have we really seen, I mean, I know we've seen mountainous areas, but have we really seen like a... Nobody trekking through the mountains. Yeah, deep foresty. Ray has the little like training run on kind of like a big hill or whatever, but like the Appalachians. Yeah, somewhere up there. That may be kind of cool. Make for like a, a pretty area. I wish I traveled more. Be like, uh, I don't know, Chicago? Where's Star Wars Celebration? Orlando! We're going to go to Orlando. <laughs> oh, man. Giant theme park <laughs> planet. Unrelated to Doggy's question, I got to tell you a story that happened to me this week. Okay. So I was out of town working, and Tuesday I'm driving home, right? And my phone starts ringing in my lap. 
Mike, I'm getting texts. I'm driving. I'm not going to look at those texts, right? Right. And then Jesse calls me. So I answer the phone and she goes, hey, did you see my text messages? And I said, I didn't. What's going on? And she goes, I'm in the backyard with a baby raccoon right now. Oh, wow. And I go, what? And she goes, I brought the dogs outside and they freaked out, started barking at something. And I looked and there was a baby raccoon climbing our fence. And I said, how small is it? She said, it's like Luna sized. So we're talking about a small raccoon, right? Right. And then she goes, I put the dogs up. I took some pictures of it. You, you, uh, so you could see it. And she said on my end, all she could hear was the engine and the car revving. <laughs> I started driving real fast. I was like, I'll be there soon. Just wait on me. I'll be there before you just get, keep an eye on it. I'm, I'm coming. I'm coming as fast as I can. You know me. You got raccoon. so excited. I did. There's a baby raccoon in my yard. Will now when in my mind, I'm not thinking, Oh, I'm going to go capture this baby raccoon. I would never do that. What I'm thinking is I go home. I grab some snacks. I feed the baby raccoon. I pet the baby raccoon. We develop a friendship. And now occasionally every couple nights, a raccoon comes up to my back door for some treats. This is what I'm thinking. Totally possible. Right? I'm not trying to capture this raccoon. I just want to pet it. I would have been fine just seeing it in person. I get home and he's gone. He's right. I was, well, I was so close to seeing a raccoon in person, to being close. And I would have spent all damn day. The raccoon would have died from an exploded stomach or all the treats you've been giving it. No, I went, well, I hope I wouldn't have hurt the fellow with my treats. I'm sending you a picture of him right now. Oh, damn. Jason just sent me a text message with a article that says, Man confirmed with coronavirus attended sold-out Auckland Rock concert tool last week. Oh, my God. Oh, no. Oh, no. That sucks. There he is. <laughs> he doesn't look like much of a baby, but I'm, I'm far away. Yeah. Yeah, I, you know, I, uh, I had my questions about the legitimacy of those claims. He looks pretty small, though. He's scrawny, that's for sure. Yeah, you know, it's just starting to warm up and stuff, so they don't hibernate all winter. I know my raccoon. But they do They do sleep for a while when it gets real cold, so that's probably what why he was out in the day. Right. Probably. Scr- well, what he was doing was he was, you know, our neighbor passed away, right? No, I didn't. Oh, Barbara. Barbara. Yeah. And we've been feeding her. She had one outside cat left. She used to have half a dozen. Like when we first moved into this house, she had so many. And then over time, you know, the number dwindles down. She's got one left. And the our other neighbor asked if we minded taking care of that cat. Well, of course not. We'll feed the outside cat. He was going after that food, that cat food. Right. So... Let's just say maybe there's been a little extra cat food left out for my raccoon buddy. I'm trying, Will. Trying to make friends with this fool. You, you'll get there. Just don't get scratched. I'm going to do my best. Or get I, your rabies shot. I'm going to do my best to only pet him when I feel like he's ready. You know what I mean? going to take my time. 
establish a bond when he knows this dude doesn't want to hurt me. He just wants to give me peanut butter sandwiches and Oreos and shit. Uh, I would try to feed him something healthier than that. Some grapes. I don't know. Tomato. I don't know. A peanut butter sandwich. Yeah, that sounds like it would work. All of it. <laughs> yeah, I don't I mean know. the guys eat trash. You're yeah, I was about to say they're not food. they're not known for their culinary uh pickiness. pickiness. Yeah. All right. Uh next up, we have one more voicemail and then a few emails to tackle. Uh first up, this is Jim. So, uh, let's hear what Jim has to say. Hey, Hawson Will. When uh, I was talking to you last week about the hype dying for uh, Mandalorian, I meant hype dying for Baby Yoda. I think it's about as high as it's going to get. I'm in because of Din. I'm a Mandalorian fan. I love Baby Yoda, but I'm, I love the Mandalorian. He, uh, It's going to be great. I'm excited for season two. But... What I wanted to talk about was the Bad Batch and how they are a force to be reckoned with for sure, but if they are around and we see Order 66, do you think that we're going to see Order 66 in this final season of Clone Wars? Uh, I'm almost I'm bummed that it's the final season, final season resistance, final, you know, their end, final saga, you know, end of the Skywalker saga, all these finals, and I am very excited about the the High Republic. Uh, I think that it's cool to be create this new canon in books, and then hopefully, based on the favorites, uh, they can use a variation of it and make it put it on screen. And I think it'd be really neat. I'm very very excited for that. Uh, I almost want Yoda not to be in it because just let it be completely detached but then i they put in young yoda and he's kicking ass i'm like oh fuck (laughs) shut my mouth but uh i'm excited either way but do you think that uh the bad batch will be uh kicking ass on or 66 or not all right man gentlemen ignite the green thanks jim um I think we'll definitely see Order 66 in this Sadly, season. Sadly, I think we will, yeah. Yeah, I, I, if I had to guess like we were talking, I think the the angle we'll see Order 66 from is more from the Rex resisting Order 66 and helping Ahsoka go into hiding and stuff. Sort of things we know have happened but we haven't seen on screen yet. I don't know if we will see the Bad Batch participating in Order 66. Um be fucked up if we did though um do you ever let me ask you this will when you see captain when you see commander cody in the clone wars yeah do you have a reaction of that motherfucker i do me too every time like rex i'm like all right rex we're cool rex you're cool yeah commander cody i see that fucker and i'm like you You asshole you shot at the booga isn't that what that big lizard is called? The Booga? I, I think so. I don't know. <sighs> Fuck you, Commander Cody. Tried to kill my boy Obi-Wan. Yeah. Yeah. Right after you gave him his lightsaber back and you're like, I think you'll be needing this. 
Yeah. He will be needing us. Cut your ass in half. <clears throat> All right. Uh, next up, we got an email from Dylan. Hey, guys. Recently saw the news about the rumored new Star Wars movie set to take place on Exegol. Having had this hit just days before the Project Luminous drop got me thinking. It'd be really neat to see the High Republic era Jedi happen across Exegol and discover the darkness there. It would give Palpatine's interest in the planet and his part in the rise of Skywalker in general just a little more in neat depth. Maybe even go the route of possibly the Jedi face a defeat on the planet. That would also give more weight to Rey's victory. Just some thoughts I had. Placing my bets before Monday. Ha ha. Anyways, thanks for the content. Can't wait for more news so we can all speculate. Thanks, Dylan. Oh, Dylan. You know what we like to do around here on Blue Harvest. We like to do some cock-a-doody speculating. That would give Exegol relevance. So, unfortunately, this whole rumor about uh, the Star new Star Wars movie being in the works from... We t- I can't remember their names. We talked about them last week. It was remember it broke right after we recorded. You sent me the the article, right? Um, about so there was this weird thing where I can't remember wh- whether it was Variety or Hollywood Reporter reported the story first, and they had this line about like the subject matter of the movie and and all of that is hidden deep within the mysterious depths of Exegol. Like a little flavor text, like a little jokey line. And then Deadline, I believe, ran an article being like, uh, it's about Exegol. The new movie's about Exegol. So what happened was they took that joke seriously and tried to run it as their own story. So it's been confirmed that that's not true. The whole Exegol movie idea is not true. Those two guys are, may still be involved in Star Wars, but they're not necessarily working on an Exegol-related movie. Right. However, it would be cool to see Exegol make some kind of appearance in the High Republic era. <clears throat> Even if it's the Jedi not finding it, if it's just showing us what's going on there, maybe that's the base of operations for whatever spooky doings are going on in the galaxy at the time. It'd be cool. It'd be cool to get some more information and um you know sort of like context to the whole exegol thing right <clears throat> all right next up we have one from our buddy johnny uh not johnny grasso i kind of said that like johnny hey halls and will hope all is well i have a question that's been bugging me for the last few days in phantom menace yoda tells Ma- ways that tells mace that there are always only two Sith. Surely he wouldn't have known about the rule of two, seeing as the Sith were operating in secret until Plagueis and Sidious started working within the Senate. Looking forward to hearing your thoughts on this. Cheers, Johnny. Please visit the Life Dead blog, Life Debt blog and podcast at mystarwarslifedebt.tk. Um, I don't know how that works out. In the Phantom Menace, he says, always two there are, a master and an apprentice. Mm-hmm. And Mace Windu kind of agrees, like he already knows, I guess. Uh, also, in the Yoda arc in Clone Wars, he goes to the the tomb of Darth Bane, you know, and talks to the spirit and, and says, yeah, I know who you are. And, you know, you're the one that enacted the rule of two. So, clearly, Yoda knows that. Okay. So, what if this is the scenario? Okay, A, little piece of trivia. 
Darth Bane, Mark Hamill. Really? Yep, that's who did the voice of Darth Bane's spirit or whatever. In that's that. cool. Um, okay, what if at some point after the Rule of Two was enacted, the Jedi thought they defeated the Master and the Apprentice? So they knew about the Rule of Two, but they defeated who they thought were the Master and Apprentice, and that's why they think the Sith aren't around anymore. Because it, it does make it weird. If the Sith haven't been seen in a millennia, right? Right. And Darth Bane comes up with the rule of two to keep the Sith secret. And because I, I don't who knows how much of this is considered canon anymore. But it was I, th- I believe it was established that the reason Darth Bane comes up with the rule of two is because when the Sith were more than two, when there's like a Sith empire, they constantly just sort of stabbed each other in the back. They couldn't get any done, anything done because Sith craved power and they were just fighting amongst themselves. The self-consuming serpent. Right. The Ouroboros. Isn't that what that's called? I believe you're correct. So, I don't know. It is kind of hard to square up. So, Because that means if he created the Rule of Two to help keep the Sith in hiding, he wasn't that successful if Yoda and Mace know about it. So they had to know about it at some point. But also, they had to be under the impression that the Sith had been gone for a millennia. Or hadn't been seen. Yeah. I don't know. That is a interesting wrinkle. The ancient times are always the interesting wrinkles for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I bet the High Republic shines a little light on all that. But like you said, the Sith can't really be a villain. It'll be the Nile, I assume. Who could be tools of the Sith that are in power at that time? And as long as the Sith and Jedi never meet. Mm -hmm. Or if they do, the Jedi don't... Whatever Jedi meets them, don't make it out. Don't survive. It would make sense that they hadn't been seen. Right. All right, next up we have an email from Eric Strothers. Uh, dearest Halls and Will, in regard to King Tom's voicemail about Ray's staff and her own saber, I'm glad he sent it because I re- it reminded me I had a thought about her staff too. I saw it as her hanging on to this element of her past, past and her sense of identity, something to sometimes to her detriment because it's so in the way. Her lightsaber would then represent her letting most of her past go, keeping just enough to remember where she started. Um, As far as her lightsaber, I think it's single-bladed. You can see an emitter window window under the end of the blade. Under the end, the blade comes out, and there isn't one on the other end. Also, the rotary activation switch doesn't appear to have a male on the other end. Her underhead style is more like a two-saber style, one in each hand like Ahsoka, or that of a knife fighter, which would probably be one in each hand too. Anyway, King Tom rules, you guys rule. All the best, Eric. See, that's... that's Those are some technical observations that I was not able to make. Yeah, and you know why you... Eric makes lightsabers, so of course he would see this shit. He would know. It's like every time I see a dude in a wheelchair in a movie, and I'm like, he's not doing that right. That wheelchair guy, they, they need me. I need to be the wheelchair consultant on movies. 
You're moving your legs too much. <laughs> yeah, you're you're pushy footing around everywhere. Not pussy footing, pushy footing. It's like where you push with your feet, or you're not grabbing the wheels right. I see these things all the time. It drives me crazy. So Eric, he would see a new lightsaber and be like, "How do I build that shit?" Well, let's look at some details here. Got it. So he comes in with the good information right there. Yep. <clears throat> It'd be cool to see Ray dual wield. It, I, I miss the lightsaber forms. I know that's, I don't think that's canon anymore. But like, you know, the her her backwards handed lightsaber form was a specific one, and the Vapod right was one, and <clears throat> Master Sindre. Like, I actually saw him in the Clone Wars. Nice. The 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 uh, the lightsaber master basically, mm-hmm. um, and in that Yoda arc, by the way, Kia D Mundi is the biggest doubting Thomas there is, dude. Like, I, I was hoping he would redeem himself, but just at every turn, he's like, mm, no, Yoda's probably crazy. He's probably just hearing yeah, shit. They can't, it's a Sith trap. They can't Damn ever. Kia D, be cool. I know, man. They can't ever do any. Like, make him cool in Clone Wars for us, guys. Give us something to hold on to. Give us something to talk about. But no, you gotta... I know, man. King Tom and I, he brought it up on uh, Twitter. I don't. I can't remember if it was about that exact arc, but he brought up Kia D being a dick in Clone Wars at one point. He's the King Poo-Pooer of Poo-Pooing. <laughs> he's, he's that guy that, like, comes to the party and is like, this music sucks. You know, their first album was much better than their first album. <laughs> This this food is too salty, like you know what I mean. That there's always that person at a big party. So, After he put some salt on it, yeah. Can we change the music? I'm not really feeling this. You're not at your house, buddy. That's Kia D. All right, so that's it for our voicemails and emails. I'm gonna do a quick check, make sure that none came in while we were recording or just before, so we don't miss anybody. It looks like we're good. Um. So I wanted to address one thing. This is going to be pretty big spoilers for the Rise of Skywalker novelization. So if you're looking forward to reading that and are wanting to go in completely spoiler-free, we'll see you next week. We'll see you next week. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So thanks for listening, guys. You're the best. If you're sticking around, then I assume you either don't care if you've already seen this stuff going around. I didn't know if Will had gotten wind of any of this, so I wanted to clue him in. I don't think I have. I may have heard one tidbit or so, but. So what happened was at a con last weekend, they gave out or they were selling early copies of the novelization, which still doesn't come out for a couple of weeks. So people have been able to get their hands on that and, um, you know, sort of clue us in on some interesting details. So, you know, one of the questions we've had since seeing the Rise of Skywalker was how does Palpatine, how is he there? How does that all work? And we've had, you know, our theories here and there, discussed it. Is it a clone? Is it, you know, uh, just his spirit inhabiting some fucked up corpse? You yeah, know? I I did. I think I saw what you were talking about. So, this part where Kylo Ren comes in and... Yeah, you want me to read the, the part from yeah, the book? Yeah, you, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> what could you give me, Kylo asked. Emperor Palpatine lived 
after a fashion, and Kylo could feel in his very bones that this clone body sheltered the Emperor's actual spirit. It was an imperfect vessel, though unable to contain his immense power. It couldn't last much longer. Emperor Palpatine's a clone. It's a clone of Emperor Palpatine. Um, Whose spirit and power are degrading the clone? Yeah. It's Dark Empire. I was about to say, is that not already established in Legacy somewhere? Yeah, it, it, in a very similar fashion. There's no there's no denying it. It's not exact because in Dark Empire, Palpatine had a ton of clones. The cloning was very successful. So there were all these young Palpatine bodies, and he would transfer his spirit into those bodies, and then slowly over time, they would decay because of his dark side power. Um, and in this, it seems like it's a similar thing, but they never got a good clone of Palpatine, which made things difficult. It, it was imperfect clones. There's more that I could read you, okay? Okay. So... In the scene, to give this some content, context, where Ray is faking out that she's about to strike Palpatine down, she starts sensing these memories and gets basically this vision. Um, and it says, wave after wave of triumph, em, triumph emanated from him. And along with it came knowledge, memories. Maybe it was their shared blood that enabled her to see his thoughts, but somehow she could, and Ray saw it then, how he'd done it what he was about to do again, falling, 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 down a massive shaft, the betrayal sharp and stinging, a figure high above, black cloud and helmeted and shrinking fast. His very own apprentice had turned against him, the way he had turned against Plagueis, whose secret to immortality he had stolen. Plagueis had not acted fast enough in his own moment of death, but Sidious, Censoring, sensing the flickering light in his apprentice had been ready for years. So the falling, dying emperor called on all the dark power of the force to thrust his consciousness far, far away to a secret place he had been preparing. His body was dead, an empty vestal, long before it found the bottom of the shaft, and his mind jolted to a new awareness in a new body, a painful one, a temporary one. It was too soon. The secret place had not completed its preparations. The transfer was imperfect, and the clone body wasn't enough. Perhaps Plagueis was having the last laugh after all. Maybe his secret remained secret, because Palpatine was trapped in a broken, dying form. <clears throat> so there you go. Palpatine sends his consciousness off into one of these clones, but they hadn't successfully cloned so he, he transfers himself into a fucked up body. That's where the one sort of like wrinkle and difference to the whole Dark Empire thing comes in. When he downloaded to his backup, the yeah. files were corrupted. Yeah, he, he backed himself up to like a USB drive that had been dropped in a puddle instead mm. of like a, a, you know, a nice solid state seagate hard drive or some shit and several sizes smaller than he, he needed teraflops yeah and it was like a 32 meg yeah <laughs> well we're gonna have to leave the fingers off we're gonna have to leave the fingers off these files so you know i've seen people going back and forth some like the explanation some are disappointed personally i'm just glad to have an explanation should it have been in the movie 
Absolutely. Yes. This is not me saying this is this makes everything right. This is I'm not fucking um you know trying to say that. But it's an explanation. And that's what I wanted. So I have one. And once again, not saying this is enough in the movie, Charlie from Lost does say cloning, dark sciences. You know, when, uh, when they bring up, like, how could the Emperor be back? Uh, Charlie from Lost is like, cloning, dark sciences, secrets only the Sith knew. So they did kind of say it in the movie. Is it good enough? No, not saying that. But it's there in a fashion. The one weird thing that Rise of Skywalker did was it established that the Sith are like a household name. Like, everyone knows who the Sith are. Like, you don't have to be a Jedi, you know, like. Well, you got to figure that, you know, Sith are part of history. There was a Sith Empire, you know. So would it be akin to us knowing about, like, the Roman Empire or the Mongolian Empire or anything like that, right? And then you had a Sith ruling the galaxy for 20-something years or whatever. But supposedly nobody knew that, right? But did they know post empire in the republic did that news get out that emperor palpatine was a sith could have very well who knows yeah i would i can imagine that's part of an information campaign of the new republic yeah all right so we got one more thing to cover a bunch of clone talk whether it be bad batch clones or palpatine clones all right you ready i got one more thing now this one i'm not going to give you any lead information on the heretics of the sith eternal toiled splicing genes bolstering tissue creating unnatural abominations in the hope that one of those strand cast would succeed and become a worthy receptacle the heretics would do anything risk anything sacrifice anything to to create a cradle for their god consciousness nothing worked but their efforts were not entirely in vain. One genetic strand cast lived, thrived even, a not quite identical clone, his son, but he was a useless, powerful, fail, powerless failure. Palpatine could not even bear to look upon such a disappoint, such disappointing ordinariness. 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 The boy's only worth would lay in continuing the bloodline through more natural methods. So Ray's father was basically what Palpatine considered a defective clone, but probably a more natural clone. Basically, Ray's dad was a clone of Palpatine. A not identical clone. So that... It's a... Cute little workaround to be like, I don't know that that guy looked like a young Ian McDermott in that flashback. Well, it's because he's not an identical clone. And Palpatine had new use for him because he didn't have any connection to the Force. That's what that tells me. Yes. Um, So. I like the term strand cast. I do too. Because I'm pretty sure um, Quill said something like that. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. Is that the first time we've heard... We heard that was in the Mandalorian when he thinks that Cara Dune is a, a strand cast. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was kind of interesting. Or when he says he knows that the baby Yoda isn't. Mm-hmm. Like he doesn't doesn't look like a 
Strandcast. He and then he says something to the effect of, "If anybody was a Strandcast, I thought it would have been you." I can't remember exactly. Right, right. But yeah. Um, now, what I'll tell you once again: Should this stuff have been in the movie? Yes. Now, we've established that. Am I in, in the clear, guys? Should have been in the movie. I like it. I like the idea of these Sith cultists. I trade the Chewbacca fake out death for all this stuff. So would I. So would I. In that gallon of tears on opening night when I thought they killed Chewbacca. Um, yeah, it should have been in there, but I like it. I like the explanation. I like the idea of these Sith cultists toiling away, trying to produce a clone body that can't, that not just can contain the, the essence of Sidious. But once again, remember, thousands of generations of Sith. All the Sith live inside that clone body. That's why it's, it's all, that's another reason it's probably decaying so fast, you know? Yeah, that's, hmm. It brings in, like, the kind of weird sci-fi fantasy shit I like in Star Wars. And, had they established that in the movie? Like, imagine. And you could see how maybe it would have played weirdly because in that moment is the reveal that she's passing Ben the Saber. So it might have been weird to have her go into a vision of Palpatine sending his spirit out into a clone body and them trying, and et cetera, et cetera. All that stuff we just read. It might have been weird pacing-wise. Or, you know, there might have been a better place to cut it. But imagine seeing that in the movie. That would have been cool. I think that would have been neat, personally. I mean, you know, Ben has the mind-reading ability. And they have the dyad. So you think the two of them might could share some little extra-dimensional conversation. Time stop or something. I don't know. Yeah, they could have figured out a way to do it, I think. Um, I would have loved to see it. But... <clears throat> Once again, I'm just happy to have an explanation. Would I prefer the explanation in the movie? Yes, but an explanation. I'm just glad they provided me with an explanation to provide to all the people that are <laughs> like, how the fuck did that happen? So right. now I can tell you, finally. You know what it reminds me of before we go? So, watching Lost, right? One of the questions, obviously this question in Lost is not as major as how the fuck is Palpatine back in episode 9. It, obviously it's not but remember one of the questions they never answered through the series is like why are there random drops of uh dharma food packages on the island remember like hurley finds the big pallet of food that's been dropped on the island with a parachute yeah they never explain that in the series well once the series comes out on blu-ray they did that epilogue the new man in charge and it answered it in that that was enough for me. I had the answer. Could that have been in the series proper? Sure. Sure. But in a lot of ways, that's what it reminds me of. Once again, not the best analogy, but... <coughs> Man. Lost. I saw some um, about the High Republic. There's this blonde Jedi, and some people were like, that looks like Juliet from Lost. I was like, the Haas does not want to hear that. I've heard, I haven't heard that comparison. I've heard her compared to looking like um, the lady who plays Doctor Who now. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, She's a good actress. It could, I think that is a more likely 
inspiration than the lady that played Juliet and lost. But I don't know. Maybe. Um, all right. Well, I think that does it for us this week. Thanks for recording with me, buddy. Dude, thanks for having me on. It was good to be back. Yeah. So next week we'll talk about episode three of Clone Wars and Rise of Kylo Ren number four and whatever happens between now and then. If it's anything like uh, a couple weeks ago, everything will drop uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. You know, we'll see what happens. I'll get on my phone now and be like, oh, shit. They announced a new director or something. We Check just out my have. free will Kickstarter because I burned Walmart to the ground. <laughs> Oof. I think I'm trying to think. I think it might be Will versus the Giant cor- Corporation. That might be our episode title this week. That might be. All right, guys. Uh, if you like the band that has been kind enough to provide our theme song music, check them out. They're Stoned Cobra. They're on Bandcamp at stonedcobra.bandcamp.com. They're also on iTunes and Spotify. Check them out. Uh, and leave us a five-star review on iTunes if you haven't already. And until next week, this has been Blue Harvest, and I'm your host, Halls Burkhart. And I'm your host, Will Witten. May the Force be with you. May the Force be with all of you. May the Force be with us. <laughs>